Hello and welcome to AEW Unrestricted. I'm one of your co-hosts, Aubrey Edwards, here with my other amazing and beautiful and wonderful co-host, Tony Schiavone. Hey, thanks for that. Yeah, you know I love you. How you doing? Yeah, I love you too. I'm doing okay. I don't know, that felt kind of forced there. I don't believe you. I love you, Aubrey. Okay, there we go. Great. So today on AEW Unrestricted, we have one of uh, one of the guests I've been really looking forward to as I've gotten to know her more and more backstage in the women's locker room. Today we've got Anna J. And of course, I want to start off with a congratulations. You are a nominee for Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Rookie of the Year for 2020. Oh, shoot. Yes. Thank you. I was surprised. I was like, what? But yeah, thank you. It's exciting. That's super, super awesome. So you made your Dynamite debut... Um, Back when we had the crazy Georgia shows where it was like the all full day thing uh, in a match to Sheeta, which, if I yes. remember correctly, was like your seventh match ever. Yes, it was. And it was my second match with AEW. I actually had the dark match with Penelope beforehand. Um, but yeah, it was my seventh match in my professional wrestling career. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that, and at that time that we were at the uh, Nightmare Factory, we, we taped all those matches. That obviously for you was a big deal. I mean, that's where you were you were seen, right? I mean, you, you go back and you look at those matches and, and that it was a crazy time. I know because you did so many, but that was really important in your career, wasn't it? Oh, 100 percent. I'd never thought that I would be on that stage at that time in my career. And it kind of happened just because, you know, you guys didn't have access to a lot of the wrestlers. Right. So I really lucked out and luckily I did OK. So, yeah, it was a really weird time. It still is a weird time. 2020 has been crazy and for me to be here it's like i have to pinch myself all the time it's it's been a wild year and uh i i mean i'm not the only one to say you've definitely taken the bull by a horns just any sort of opportunity that's come along you've uh you've been riding that train of success so good for Gotta you girl yeah. thank <laughs> you thank you so uh you signed on four six uh tell us about the day and the moment uh that you signed uh, who did you share the news with first and all that that'd be exciting so I got offered the contract after the live dynamite with my match with Sheeta. First off, I don't, I literally did not feel like I was in the moment. It was just kind of like, this is not happening right now. I couldn't believe it. So obviously I went home, reviewed everything and ended up signing. And oh my gosh, I called my mom. I didn't call my mom and dad that night because they were already asleep. It was like after the show was over and everything. I called them the next morning and I remember they were both on speakerphone with me. And that was a really cool moment to be able to tell them that. I think that they were shocked, obviously excited for me. They've been here for me since the beginning of, you know, when I wanted to try to be a professional wrestler. So it was an awesome moment. That's fantastic. So I know uh, right around the end of August, you were introduced as one of the newest members of Dark Order. I think 99 is your number 99 yes yeah what's up <laughs> what's uh so up? has it been uh has it been working with brody and Stu and john and everybody both from like a, i guess the like dynamite there's the like cult scary aspect and then there's the like <laughs> bte aspect so this is almost like a two-pronged approach <laughs> oh my gosh literally but it's been great i feel like i have a bunch of brothers backstage and I grew up with two brothers, so it's kind of like it really fits me. And I feel, I mean, it's great having them in the back. First off, they're hilarious. Plus, I can always ask them for advice. You know, a lot of them obviously have a lot more experience than I do. Brody, especially, and John Silver, too. I think he's been wrestling for 15 years. Mm -hmm. I just found that out the other day. But, yeah, it's been great. Like I said, they're like my brothers. And it's there's never a dull moment with them in the back. And it's like every time we're about to walk out and do something, they're always cracking jokes and then we have to just serious. So it's it's fun. Yeah. 
Who approached you? Who first approached you about being a member of the Dark Order? How did that all work out? So I remember the night that I was offered a contract, actually, I heard, I don't exactly remember who it was, but they said, oh, there's, you know, an idea for you to be in the Dark Order, but we're not going to do that. And so I was kind of like, oh, okay, like, I'll, I'll do literally whatever you guys want me to. Sure. Right answer. And so then, yeah, exactly. I'm literally just happy to be here. And so then it was brought up to my attention again. Um, I think it was a couple months after I was signed. And they were actually filmed a whole vignette of me joining the Dark Order. Right. And then they ended up doing away with it. And so I just actually came out with Brody and Colt on Dynamite, if you guys remember. So it kind of like happened pretty quick. Um, But then I was gone for a couple of weeks and came back. And people, I think, were a little confused because I just walked out with him and that was it. But yeah, it just kind of fell into my lap. It was pretty quick. Like I said, I was just like, okay, I'll do whatever. Do you remember? And and I remember this because I remember you coming out with a mask on. Yes. And I remember saying, and I know a lot of people said this backstage, that girl is way too beautiful to be wearing a mask. What are we doing? I heard that so many times. I was like, why are we putting her in the dark order? She's like the prettiest girl we have in our locker room. That's that's sweet. Yeah. Literally, I feel like everyone would come up to me like, oh, are you actually going to be wearing that? And I'm like, yeah, they told me to. But then... Tony Khan ended up saying, like, scrap it, throw it away. I remember Charlie Ramon literally took man. it off my face and threw He's it in the man. trash. And right. I was like, what? I actually want that for memories, but it's gone. It's out oh. of here. Yeah. Oh, okay. So there, there, that was one of your memory items that you could have you could have yeah. put on your mantle. Yeah. And you it's gone. You can keep it in pieces and gone. stick it on the wall. Now there's a good story. Like, Charlie tore it off right. my face. <laughs> it was in the trash. I was like, either you're grabbing it or I'm not, I'm not grabbing it. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So... Everything's going great with the Dark Order, and then you ended up tagging with Tay in the Women's Tag Team Cup Tournament, the Deadly Draw. Talk about, like, how did you end up teaming with Tay? How did that all work out? So it's funny because she came there one day. I think they just asked her to come kind of fill out the environment, and they were going to ask her to do the tournament. And I ended up hitting it off with her that day. You know, I went up and introduced myself. I felt bad because she was newer there and didn't know anyone, and I know how that feels. So I went up to her and talked to her and we really hit it off, ended up getting along really well. And then the following week, I want to say, well, it was two weeks after, um, they told us, you know, you guys are going to be partners. And we were like, what? It really worked out in our favor just because we already had that chemistry. So it was really meant to be. Let's talk about uh, that that whole tournament. And uh, you guys, actually, I, I want to back up a little bit. I think your your best moment so far and the moment that I remember you most for was when you came out and choked out Brandy. Oh, my God. I mean, that was a tremendous moment. And, and that was like, first of all, I didn't know that was coming. So I thought, whoa, that's pretty cool. You had to be excited about that because that was really, I mean, we're talking about the main event for Dynamite, Cody finally losing, and you're a part of this angle, right? Talk about that. Oh, my gosh. I, I just got chills when you started talking about it. It's crazy to think about. I mean, Cody and Brandy are two people I never thought – I would work for, let alone work with. And it's like to get that spot and me be so new. I was, oh my gosh, it was, like I said, it was one of those things too, where I, once I did it, I was like, is this real? I remember too, whenever they told me that's what I was going to do, Arn Anderson was there explaining to me how to do it and showing me the hold and everything. And that was another moment. And I was like, oh my gosh, Arn Anderson is showing me how to do a sleeper. Right. What is my life right now? So, yeah, right. the whole thing was super cool. I am very lucky to have that spot. Um, something I'll always remember. Brandy is great. So 
it was awesome. Really love the Queen Slayer moniker that came out of that. Yeah. Such a fantastic one. I didn't know that was going to happen either. It just happened whenever I walked out, you know, and Brody was introducing me on Dynamite, said Queen Slayer. And I was like, oh. Oh, Me? Oh, okay. We're going to put that on a t-shirt then. All right. Exactly. <laughs> that's that's how wrestling works. Yes. So y- you've said that uh, Jerry Lynn's been really instrumental in your development at AEW. So could you talk a little bit about what you've learned from him and kind of the impact he's had on your career here? So I haven't had a lot of matches in general, and then I have not had a lot of matches, you know, at AEW yet. So every time that I would have a match, he would tell me little things that I can work on. And it just really meant a lot to me because I never went to him. I didn't really know who to go to, you know, other than the person who was coaching my match. And so he would always come up to me and say, hey, you can do this next time. And every time I would listen, and it really meant a lot to me, and it really helped because it's the little details that matter. So he would say, you know, you need to look scarier with your eyes. And I would be like, okay, how do I do that? And he would explain it to me, and it helped a lot, and I would do it the next time I went out. Jerry Lynn's one of my favorite coaches just because of that exact thing. Like, he's so good at just teaching and making you feel like you're a part of that process of learning about how to be you better uh, in a wrestling yes. sense. And like I know with Jer- uh, with Jerry, he actually sits down with people afterwards after the match is aired and will like look through it, watch it, critique it and all that kind of stuff. So he's he's one of my favorite coaches to work with backstage. So really, really great. Yeah, really great connection for you to make there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. And you can tell he really cares, which oh, means yeah. a lot. Yeah, Jerry is legit a good guy, a good person, uh, and really cares about uh, the talent and putting matches together. Now, women's wrestling has certainly changed over the years, and you're a part of women's wrestling. That is probably, I would say, the right time to be involved in women's wrestling because of what it's become and, and how it's seen right now. And what does that mean to you? Oh, my gosh. I, like I said, I would never have imagined that, you know, I would be even where I am right now. So it does mean a lot to me. And I... You know, one thing that I definitely want to do, too, because I would not consider myself a high flyer or being able to do a lot of the crazy stuff that a lot of the girls can do. But I just want to tell stories and I want to keep doing that. And I think all the women here are kicking butt and we're working hard. We're training every week that we're there. So, yeah, it means a lot to me. It's a really cool time to be a part of women's wrestling. Yeah, that uh, in the mornings uh, or early in the day, all, all you ladies are working out with with uh, with Dustin and working in the ring. So you put a lot of time into it, right? Yes. And Dustin's great, too. He's been another part or another instrumental part of all the women and stuff. And he's always there to help and always there to give us advice, which also means a lot. We're talking with Anna Jay, who trained at the Power Factory, which is now known as the Nightmare Factory. So uh, we'll hear a little bit more about what it was like training there here on AEW Unrestricted. AEW Unrestricted here with Anna Jay, trained at the Power Factory, now known as the Nightmare Factory. How did you find QT Marshall? How did you finally hook up with he and Glacier? How did that all happen? So I wanted to be a professional wrestler my whole life, and my whole family knew that. Um, And my aunt and uncle are good family friends with Glacier, uh, Ray Lloyd. And I guess one day they were just talking about it and he was like, hey, um, me and QT Marshall, who I didn't know who, like, who he was at the time, are opening a school in Atlanta. You know, she should come check it out, see if it's something she wants to do. And this was in 2017. So I ended up going to a camp. It was a super camp at the Power Factory in December. And I just went for a day. I had never even stepped foot in a ring before. I literally was so scared because... Everyone there knew what they were doing, and I did not. So I went to the camp. Um, I loved it. It scared me, but in a good way. And I ended up coming back a few times, um, I think in February and 
all the months leading up to that summer. And then I ended up making the choice that I wanted to move to Atlanta full time to train. So I moved to Atlanta in 2018 in June to train full time. So you mentioned you mentioned always wanting to be a wrestler. Like what was the thing that got you into wrestling? So I used to watch it with my dad every week. It was a joke that I have two brothers and neither of them would sit down and watch it with them, but I always would. And I loved it. And I, you know, I loved the wrestling part. I loved the athletic part, but I just loved the stories and the everyone just being so committed to what they were doing. And that's what really got me into it. And so I'd watch it with them all the time and we'd either laugh, you know, be really into the story or, you know, it always be something for me and him to talk about. So I always wanted to do it. I think it was in middle school when I really started getting into it and telling everyone like, this is what I want to do. You, you mentioned on an Instagram post on Father's Day that you would keep your dad's promos to yourself. Oh, yes. Those don't need to be anywhere. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, <Okay>. boy. <laughs> yeah, they're great, though. Like, and that's another thing, too. And that's why I think I love the storytelling part is he would just walk around the house cutting promos to me all the time. And, you know, and when I finally got into it, I would come home and visit and he'd be cutting promos to me and make me say stuff back to him. So it's been cool having that part. That, that's tremendous. So he's obviously a big fan and it has to be a just a thrill for him seeing his daughter on TV. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's like I said, it's so cool. We always say that he missed his calling because he's got such a huge personality and he's a big guy. So it's mm -hmm. really cool. I think, you know, for him that now his daughter's a professional wrestler and it means a lot to me too, because that's something we bonded over all of these years. And now I'm finally doing it. That's so great. That is yeah. tremendous. That's a great story. So you are from uh, Brunswick, Georgia. Is that right? Yes. That's on the coast, obviously. Yes, it is. Somewhere. It's actually only about an hour from Jacksonville, oh, so kind of convenient. Yeah. Has it come to a taping yet? Actually, my mom and my aunt have. My okay. dad has Ooh. not. He works out of town during the week, but hopefully he can come to one because that would be awesome. Hopefully sure. soon. I mean, we, our pay-per-views right. do fall on Saturdays, so... That's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so in 2019, sounds like you suffered a shoulder injury, kept you from training for about five months. How did that all happen, and what's what's the rehab for something like that? So it actually happened the first time um, in 2018, and it was around Thanksgiving. I dislocated my shoulder at training. I was literally sliding out of the ring on my stomach, came out. Um, I was over, like, in the corner somewhere, like, not saying anything. And I remember we were doing a drill, and QT finally comes over, and it's like, are you okay? And I was like, nope. And my shoulder was, like, down here. So I had to get taken to the emergency room. It was like a whole process. They had to put me to sleep to put it back in. Um, nothing was torn then, but I did have to take like a month off just to let everything heal. So then I trained, kept training, kept doing my thing. And then after, I think it was in April, I was giving a body slam to someone and ended up dislocating it again. And that time I tore my labrum and chipped off bone. God. So I went and got that checked out. For some reason, it took a long time with the doctor and them getting back to me and everything. Um, they finally got back to me and told me I needed surgery. So I ended up leaving Atlanta um, because I didn't have any family in Atlanta. So I had to go to my parents, have surgery, them take care of me. I couldn't use my right arm for like six weeks. But I was actually out for a total of eight months because I think the... It took a month for me to figure out that that's what I needed to do and then another half a month to schedule surgery. So I was out for eight months total, unfortunately. Wow. So no more mm -hmm. power slams from Anna Jay is what we've learned today. So when you get back in the ring, any, hesita any hesitation after that injury to get back in the ring? 
For sure. Whenever I, I mean, bumping and everything, I would always keep my arms up. And But now, just feels completely normal. I don't even think about it. But definitely at first, I was a little scared. So even though you took some time off, you ended up having your wrestling debut later on that year, 2019, at uh, one of Glacier's charity events, the Battle of uh, Ultima? Yes, it's all, or Altama is how you say okay. it, but... You I was know. like, I was yeah. like, the Battle of Atlanta. No, no, this can't be that. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> talk us through your first match. Oh my gosh! So my tag team partner was QT Marshall. So that was in itself such a cool moment too. Like, and I'll always be able to remember that. Um, and it was in my hometown, which is so awesome. So a lot of people I knew got to come see it. All my family got to come see it, and it was my debut. So it was weird because I had to move five hours to train. Yet there was a show there, which there's never any wrestling shows there, and it was my debut, so it was really cool. So yeah, QT was my partner, and then we went up against two people I trained with. Um, it was a lot of fun, and I remember after that match, too, just being like, this is exactly why I got into this. Like, this is so much fun. Obviously nervous for your first time, I mean. Oh, yeah, and plus because of my shoulder, too. You know, I would have been nervous regardless to make my right. debut. But after an injury, too, I was, yeah, very nervous. And I had to cut a promo before yeah. the match. Oh, really? So, very, yeah, and in front of people I knew, I was so Just nervous. bring your dad in. Let him do it. I'm sure he would have been fine. <laughs> right. I'm sure he would have loved to. <laughs> He's like, this is my manager, my father. <laughs> it, yeah, exactly. Oh, boy. He's already pitched ideas of course. to manage me oh yeah oh man don't give him qt's number <laughs> i'll never hear the end of it <laughs> no no, no. <laughs> that's too cool so in between that match and your match with sheeta which is like a whole five more matches one of them you had was yes. a hair versus hair match yeah what a crazy match to have especially if i like that was like my third match right either you're very good at growing out your hair quickly or you didn't lose did not okay. lose thank god <laughs> <laughs> got to shave a girl's head though in the ring oh fun i've done that before oh wow yeah i was like this is probably not something that happens often but it was fun it was really fun it's actually kind of like yeah. nerve-wracking because you're like am i doing this right am i hurting them like and then there's oh, too yeah. much hair it was actually yeah. hard yeah and when we, we first saw you you came out uh with the top hat on and the name was the star of the show when did that all start with you did that start from the beginning? Yes. So that okay. was my idea from the very beginning, whenever I first got into wrestling. Um, mm -hmm. But everyone thinks that I've gotten this idea from Zatanna, from DC Comics and all that. I sure. never have told anyone, but no, I literally didn't even know who that was. My idea did not come from that. I actually got my inspiration from myself. I used to dance when mm -hmm. I was younger and I did a lot of Broadway dances and I always wore a top hat. Um, and then the wrists, the cuffs were actually the ones that I used on Dynamite were from a costume when I was like eight oh years old. Oh my God, I love it. So, yeah, so it was all just my idea and I loved it. It was very like showy. I loved the show aspects of wrestling and I just thought it fit me really well. Totally makes sense that former dancer would be super interested in something like wrestling. Yes, like, right. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the performance aspect of it. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Like it's all about just storytelling and using your body mm -hmm. to get across what it is you're trying to tell. So super awesome. 100%. I don't know how I didn't know yes. that about you. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, thank you. When was your uh, your first uh, stage performance then, if you've been dancing for such a long time? So I danced from age two to 18. So I think my first stage was like when I was two, oh my God. like at a recital or something. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. So my whole life, pretty much. <laughs> you remember your first live stage performance? 
Uh, I was probably too young. I remember okay. like different ones, but I was probably too young. I remember very distinctively there was one. It was my senior year of high school, um, and we do we did ballets every year. None of you know you do ballet, Aubrey, but um, I was Elsa in Frozen. Mm. So yep. yeah, people don't know that about me, but it's funny. I used to have blonde hair, like really blonde. I had a long blue dress on and was in my ballet shoes. <laughs> oh my god, gee whiz, boy, time flies by. Now, uh, from you, we we talked about your dad, and obviously from your Instagram account, you're very close to your family. Yes, which I is, am. Yeah, which is great. So uh, obviously your your entire family, you mentioned your brothers, they follow your career. Yes. And am I right to say that you're a big football fan too? I am. You know, I don't watch it a lot, but I am. I, you know, I'm from the South. I'm definitely a big football fan. I'm just a fan of the whole atmosphere of it. And plus right. growing up, my brothers both played. So I kind of had to be. Um, and now my brother, uh, older brother goes to UGA. So I'm a big Georgia fan. As you there should you be. You're on a podcast with Tony yes. Schiavone. <laughs> yeah. Does, yep. does he play, does he play for the dogs or is just go to UGA? No, he's at the law school at UGA right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, much better. Yeah. Go to law school. Don't take, don't take the pumps. Oh, boy. Yeah, I, very couldn't, cool. I couldn't do that. Good for him. Yeah. Very good for him. So yeah. So you're a dogs fan. So there you go. I often yes. heard that about you. I want to make sure that most people from Georgia are dogs fans. I saw, uh, true. I saw somebody with the it just today, as a matter of fact, somebody with the bumper sticker. They had the Florida Gators on one side, and they had Georgia Tech on the other. And I told my wife, I says, "Wow, is that a car full of losers?" Oh or my what? god! <laughs> there you go. So, Seriously? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh boy. Uh, we're talking with Anna Jay, and uh, there's in here about Empower Wrestling. Tell us about Empower Wrestling. So that was one of the indie shows that I worked at. Um, it was actually on Fight TV, though, which was cool. <laughs> Uh, uh-huh. It was an all-women's wrestling show. I got asked very last minute to be on it. I think they were missing some of the women for the show, and I was local. So they asked me to be on it. I was like, yeah, of course, I'd need the experience. Um, there's not a lot of shows in Georgia either, so it was convenient for me. I think it was like a 40-minute drive. So I went to that show, um, worked it. I worked uh, Sarah the Rebel is what her wrestling name was. Um, for the, uh, it was in Cornelia, Georgia. Oh, I know um, And then I ended up, yeah, and then I ended up driving, I think it was the next day to um, Tennessee to work the same show um, and just work someone else. So it was really good experience. I'm very grateful for it now. I mean, I needed some experience before I went on Dynamite, right? Yeah. She right. got a whole <laughs> indie loop in. Look at her. Seri- seriously. <laughs> but yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was really a good experience. And plus, it was cool being around women um, just because at the school that I go to, there really wasn't a lot of women that trained. There's a lot of dudes in wrestling. So having a, exactly. having a lot of women on a singular show or singular event is always super great because it just it's got a yeah. great vibe. Yes. Totally feel where you're at. All right. Coming up. We've got fan questions for Anna J here on AEW Unrestricted. Anna J is here with us on AEW Unrestricted. We asked for a few fan questions on Twitter. Thanks to everyone who submitted. As always, if you have any questions for future guests or previous guests, you can use the hashtag AEW Podcast. We'll keep tabs on it. Just make sure we're getting some good stuff. But first off, we've got Maddie Anderson, top top rope squishy. Uh, how hard is it to maintain your composure and not bust out laughing when filming being the elite and Brody's yelling at John Silver and you're stealing money from Stu Grayson? Oh, my gosh. It's so hard. Actually, this past BTE, the one that literally aired today, I did break character and laughed. It's very hard because I don't know what they're going to say, too. So the whole time I'm just biting down 
on my teeth, hoping that they're not going to say anything that's super outlandish, which of course they always do. Um, but yeah, it's very hard to not laugh. I normally do if it's not on camera, obviously, all the time, but uh, it's really hard to keep my composure. <laughs> I think it is for everyone, really. Yeah, well, that, that leads to our next question from Alberto Buckley. Who cracks up the most and blows the lines the most and has to do more retakes on uh, being the elite Dark Order skits? Honestly, there has not been a lot of retakes. I think uh, this past time there was one because... I think Silver laughed at himself, maybe even. I don't <laughs> he know. Would. He would. But everyone does a pretty good job of composing themselves. But yeah, only every once in a while that happens. But yeah, Silver was the last one that did that. I've got a question from King Peter of Hogwarts on Twitter. Why are you picking on Stu Grayson of all of the members of Dark Order? Stu, you know, he's great. St- poor Stu. I think, I think he's okay with it, though, you know? So it's not just my fault. He puts himself in the situation and then, you know basically sets it up for me so that's why there you go there you go <laughs> uh noah foster which is in foster on twitter wants to know are you the head of human resources for the dark water because it seems like you are the only one maintaining order honestly that's what it feels like i saw someone tweet today that it was like i was at my kids pta meeting <laughs> that's how i feel like getting bad news about them so yes sometimes yes i even you know in the back have to be like okay come on guys let's not say that right now so yes that's exactly how i feel awesome oh my god yeah i didn't even think about the pta (laughs) thing but that totally makes sense so we've got a question from greg semi pro flips on twitter did you ever see yourself becoming this sort of heater uh in a faction no because i mean a heater is basically like someone who's kind of like mean too you're mean to (laughs) stew i know but it's just weird because i feel like if you know me, I'm not mean at all, or I'm not a super aggressive person. I even have to like work on that as far as even in the ring being more aggressive. So no, not at all. Greg from Foster City, California. Who is the funniest person backstage at AEW that might surprise people? Gosh, I want to say Silver, but I feel like that doesn't really surprise anyone. No, that's the expectation no. now. Silver's the most hilarious right. guy. Who is funny then? Brody's pretty funny, honestly. I mean, in his own way, I I think he's hilarious. But I don't think people would think that just because he's so, you know, mean. Right. Big and mean and intimidating, absolutely. I think, uh, yeah, I was, exactly. I was going through my phone photos recently, and there was the, the show where Mike Kyoto was backstage. We were taking a big old rough photo, and I'd completely forgotten the one next to it. Brody just comes in. He's like, hey, guys. And he just starts taking photos with the rest of us. So, yeah. Yeah. He's a hoot. He's that kind of guy. He's awesome. He's, yeah. He's at a very, very good place. Yes. So Dylan from West Virginia asks, who inspired you to start a career in pro wrestling? Um, Really? I mean, not specifically really one person. Um, I do remember watching the Bella Twins, though, and thinking, like, you know, they're wrestling they look this way. I can do this. I know I can. It's not just for a certain type of people or anything like that. And then, you know, just watching it with my dad and him saying, this is something you could do. I, I just always knew that it was possible. So it was a combination of things. It's kind of an interesting one because a lot of people like Marks on the Internet will give the Bella Twins a lot of crap for, you know, whatever. But they mm-hmm. brought a lot of eyes onto wrestling that otherwise would not have looked at it. So I could totally see that. Yeah, 100%. And I feel like I always have to, like, you know, preface myself whenever I say them, but it's the truth. And I don't know if I would be doing it if it weren't for them. So it's it's the truth. Never be ashamed. Yes. 
Brainy Swole on Twitter wants to know, when are you going to challenge for the women's title and bring some gold back to the Dark Order? Shoot. Um, I would love to anytime. You know, I don't know if I'm ready to wrestle Sheeta and win this time right now, but, you know. You've already got tape you can I'm study? I'm always ready. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I'm always going to be ready, but I do want it to be the right time. So, I don't know. One day, though. One day, we'll have all the belts in Dark Order at some point. Oh, man. Unstoppable faction. That'd be cool. <laughs> I can totally imagine it. <laughs> Jesus on Twitter. G-Z-E-S. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus on, on Twitter. Twitter. <laughs> Not that Jesus. The other one. If okay. you could have a superpower, what would you pick? Oh, my gosh. This is really hard. Some of these fans come up with some mm. wacky questions, and then sometimes these ones are just like, I have no idea, hmm. even though this should be obvious. Maybe reading people's minds. Ooh, mm. I would not recommend that. I feel like it'd be a. I was gonna say, I feel like it'd be a bad thing, but <laughs> be it would curse. be very yeah. interesting. Oh man, you and right. I would have to have a lot of discussions because you're like you're you're thinking about some gross shit all the time, right. lady. Like, are you okay? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you talk to someone? No. <laughs> Boy, this this one is loaded. Think about this one, okay? Jackson R underscore on Twitter wants to know what's the craziest thing a fan has said to you. Or given to you. Oh my gosh, this is not, it's not even something I could say, to be honest with you. Um, I'm sure. Well, because I also haven't had any really encounters in person because of 2020 and everything. So that has not been an issue for me. Um, Just the DMs. I think I don't read them anymore, but at first I would see them. And I remember one time I just, I mean, you would not believe some of the things that people will say. Um, Yes, I would believe them too. Yeah. 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 I mean, I know you guys would, but people who don't realize, it's just, oh my gosh. I mean, it was disgusting and ugh, I just yeah. can't even believe it. But yeah, some pretty bad things. Yep. So did you stop Did you stop your DMs? Um, I mean, they still come in, but I just don't read them. Don't okay. read any of them. Yeah, yeah. Good After plan. After the second yes. dick pic, I shut that shit down. I was a... Uh... See, <laughs> exactly. If there's like a picture and it says to unblur it, I'm like, I'm out. No. Nope. Nope. No. Oh yeah, Tony. Don't I don't know to. if you've seen that where it has the like the preview. It's like, would you like to unblur this image? Like Twitter's trying to hide it from you, mm-hmm. and it almost makes yeah. you want to unblur right. it. Just like I want to. Mm-hmm. Oh nope, it's a dick. Yeah. All right, my bad. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> All right, Kiana W thirty two on Twitter. What's a good theme song that would describe your life this year? Oh my gosh, I don't even mm. know. This is what dreams are made of. Oh, my yeah. There you go. Hey, there we go. Hey, good job. Which is the truth, but that doesn't yeah. really go along with this year because I feel like for a lot of people, it's you know not really been that great of a year, unfortunately. But it's crazy what's happened to me this year, you know, personally. So I'm very grateful. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I, I've said that many times. I know Aubrey would agree with, it, and obviously you would. That 2020 has been a very tough year. But for many of us, it's been professionally one of our greatest Absolutely. years, and that's hard to say. Tough mm-hmm. to say, but it's true. It really is. I mean, yes. From what we what we've had to go through and the leadership that we've had, and you know, uh, being able to keep doing wrestling and and keep uh, being on TVs is. I mean, we're going to remember this year for many ways. Many oh, ways. Man. Oh yeah. One of it. One of it's going to be professionally, right? I mean, for yes. you too. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. This year is definitely going down in the books for me for a lot of reasons. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, if you weren't wrestling, a- AEW Ashley wants to know, Ashley. Thank you for including our logo or our Our letters in your Twitter handle. Yeah. Our branding. Thank you. Uh, If you weren't wrestling, what would you be doing right now? 
And what goals, well, answer that one first and you can answer the next one. If you weren't wrestling, what would you be doing right now? So whenever I moved to wrestle, I had just finished my second year of college. Um, I was studying communications. I was interested in doing um, either being like a news anchor or um, sports casting. So I wanted to do something of that sort, but I knew I, I really, really didn't want to, if that makes sense. It was just mm-hmm. kind of something that interests me. Um, so maybe that, or I also, I was, I worked as an extra for movies and stuff. Um, so I worked with the film industry for a little bit. Um, and then I was a stand in on a Dolly Parton movie. So that was actually a lot of fun too. So I don't know. I really have no idea. Right. One of those. As far as newscasting is concerned and the sports cast, you have a very nice voice. I mean, you don't sound like you're from Brunswick, Georgia, if I can say that, right? I mean, you don't. Really? Because everyone says that. I mean, everyone in the back always is saying how I have a really Southern accent. I'm really country and certain things I say, which I know it's certain things, but I didn't think it was that bad. But it's a lot Southern, of but it's not, not that Southern. Like, No, it's not Southern at all. Listen, I know Southern voices and yours not one. Right. Well, they like to give me a hard time about it. Yeah. <laughs> so you, they could, you could have said... They like to give me a hard time yeah, about it. You there say, you go. Yeah. say there, there you, you go. go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. All right. The, the next part of this question from AW Ashley is what goals would you like to accomplish in the next five years? Definitely women's champ. That's a yep. given. I think that's every, every one of our goals for the women. Um, uh, and I think get more TV time. You know, I think that's all of our goals too. I think I want more storylines. That's definitely my goal because that's my favorite part of wrestling is the stories and the emotion and everything. So that's really something I want to do. That's definitely my other goal. Both of those. So last note on here, apparently recently on Twitter, you had said waffles were better than pancakes. And I 100% agree with you. Yes. Uh, So yeah, I just wanted to kind of put that one out there. Yes, I totally think so. I have to have some sort of like texture. I feel like pancakes get soggy waffles they got a crunch and you can add like fruit to waffles and you still get the differences in texture you can get uh whipped yep. cream still works with both like it's just so much more versatile see exactly that's why i said it this is why we're friends yep <laughs> you kid you kids are crazy but that's just an opinion there I, I wanted to go back you mentioned about uh in the next five years you wanted to be the women's champion now we had a women's tournament that you were a part of uh i'm sure you got to meet medusa that had to be pretty cool yes. being able to meet her and that was a pretty cool tournament really uh and uh that to me that just maybe is the beginning of some some great things we're gonna have right yeah and that was honestly like so much fun i mean i really enjoyed doing that i know i don't have a lot of experience but doing that with all of the women and having something for the women i mean it was a lot of fun and it was so cool too to have Aubrey ref one of our matches too i'd never had you and that was a cool experience and having all women in the ring i don't know it was just a lot of fun we had shawl as announcer we had me as ref we had you yes. and tay versus ivalice and diamante like it was insane how yes. and veda was on commentary we had medusa hosting the mm. whole thing like yeah it was right great. i love it it was cool Yes. Yeah, I, I hope that's the beginning of some great things to come for the women's division because, yes. I mean, I know everybody has said we need women's tag team champions. Everybody wants to see that. Who knows? That's probably down the road, but I, yeah. I think we're seeing the more of, more of a focus on women's wrestling. Hopefully, get a lot more of that. Yeah. I think even in the last year, we've seen a lot of growth and in investing in awesome talent like Anna, and <laughs> having her incorporated into the storylines like Dark Order and whatnot. I think it's just giving uh, women different roles in different spots on our show. I think it's fantastic. Yes. 
Okay, uh, one impromptu question here, uh, and I like to ask this sometimes of our guest. Who's your favorite referee in AEW? <laughs> and why is it not Aubrey Edwards? <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, and I even, I think I told my parents this. I was like, working with Aubrey was so cool. You were so helpful, and it was my best experience. All of them have been great, though. And maybe it was because it was the women part two. I don't know, but it was it was really good. So definitely you, Aubrey. Oh man, I just there I just you tell go. you to make sure hey. you're looking at hard cam. That's all. Yes, <laughs> that, yeah, exactly. But see that that matters. I'm like, oh shoot, okay. Just faces are what sell t-shirts. Yes. <laughs> all right, Anna J. Thank you so much for coming today. This was fantastic. I love every minute I get to spend with you, whether it's in the locker room, in the ring. Or on a Zoom call with Tony Schiavone. So thank you very much for being here uh, this afternoon. Yes. Thank you guys for having me. This was a lot of fun. You both are great. Yeah. Thank you very much. Hey, you can follow Anna on Instagram and Twitter at Anna J triple underscore. That's <laughs> at Anna J triple underscore. And don't DM her. She's not going to nope. look at him. You got it? Thank it's you. Stay in a barrel. And it's, so stop. Don't send pictures. Waste your time on She's not going to look at them. That's right. Yes. Don't do it. Unless it's nice. Don't do anything weird, please. <laughs> oh, man. Don't don't give people the wiggle room, man. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> you can subscribe to AEW Unrestricted Podcast for free wherever you get your podcasts. You can also check out the video version of this podcast on YouTube. Just search for AEW Unrestricted. And of course, tune in to Dynamite Wednesdays, 8 o'clock, 7 central, 5 o'clock normal time. Uh, on TNT. Uh, yeah, check us out. I'm Aubrey Edwards. This is Tony Schiavone. And I'm Tony Schiavone. Yeah, it is. Thanks for listening. Bye.